I thought a thing just popped up that said avoid legal snags, but I thought it said avoid legal snaps. And I was like, <laughs> is snapping illegal in some places? Maybe. Maybe it's like there's footloose towns somewhere that like <laughs> some teens died in a car accident because someone was snapping in the car and then the like mayor like outlawed snapping. everybody welcome back to you know what i've been wondering i'm sarah i'm jane we have a special guest this week our friend carissa say hi hi chris is one of my co-workers from when we're at school we're not at school anymore so we're drinking <laughs> it's the summer it's the summer white <laughs> wine it's so hot how hot is it in maine jane it's pretty hot i just had rehearsal for the show that i'm in right now and i had to partner dance and oh, no. um <laughs> Um, my partner kept being like, your hands are so sweaty. And I was like, listen, I hate the heat. I hate it. How are you doing? Me? I'm doing, I've been, I was sick all weekend. It was so annoying, but I'm, I think I'm almost out of it. The worst of it was Monday. You don't sound sick. I really, I feel like I sound so terrible. And I almost lost my voice last night. The worst of it was Monday. I was exhausted. I probably had a fever. I didn't go to work on Tuesday. And then I like got through the rest of the week but like my kids were really misbehaving this week so it was like oh like everything on top of one another was a lot yeah. and I was exhausted but we got through it we're here my kids are doing schoolhouse rock and it's cute I love schoolhouse mm-hmm. rock I had to learn and teach my like older girls how to do the preamble in sign language so I had to learn how to do it in sign language that's but so cool now it's fun that I know that there's one phrase uh Oh, the phrase establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility is like five really quick ones. And that one's really hard. But the rest of it's cool. That is really cool. I want to learn sign language. One day I'll invest like the time and money into it because I think it's so interesting and such a beautiful language and a really cool skill and really important skill to have because not a lot of people have that skill. Yeah. Carissa, how, how was your you week? Doing? Oh, I'm whoops. Sorry. We both that we asked at the same time. We're two into each other. <laughs> how was your week, Carissa? It's been fine. Just work here. Yeah absolutely nothing <laughs> honestly i wish my my life had a little more absolutely nothing so good mm. for you good for you are you very <laughs> busy of- sarah am i very busy yes i mean i have camp in the morning and then um i my my week was that i went to the doctor's office and <gasps> i got right. blood work done and then they called me on wednesday to be like you need to come in to hear the results of your lab work which means something was wrong um, but they can't see me until next Tuesday. So it's just been days and days of mm. paranoia. And I know that if there was something really wrong wrong with me, they would send me to the hospital or something like that. Like, I know that it's not anything that's going to end my life. Like, I might just need to go on a medication or change yeah, my diet I, a little bit. Like, low iron or maybe Yeah, something. or high cholesterol yeah. or something like that. Like, that's something, that, something that's livable with and also something I can deal with in time and I don't need to deal with immediately. It's not dangerous to me, but it's still, like, you're just oh, paranoid. Yeah. yeah, you're just paranoid. So I've spent the last, like, 
five days just so paranoid being like there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me Um, because I've never gone to a doctor's office and had my blood work done and have them be like oh you need to come back in and then not tell me what it is Mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough that I haven't had a lot of health issues so that was really really scary especially because I'm at the age now where they start asking you a lot of questions when you get your annual physical they're like have you ever had any pain in your thyroid how about your lymphoids like all of these things Mm. so that was really scary and have them be like do you think like what's your family medical history? Cause I also went to a new doctor. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through my entire family's medical history. So that was also really scary. Mm-hmm. Like having mm-hmm. just repeated all my family's history and all, all the things I'm at risk for, and then have them be like, come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this man, like someone who just works at the front desk of the doctor's office, like talked me off a ledge. Cause I was like, I want to see another doctor. I don't want to wait until Tuesday. And he goes, no, like you're okay. Like you're going <laughs> to be fine. So thank you to that man. So that's how my week was. It was very scary. Should we get started? Sure. I can tell you one thing you could get over the counter. Gatorade. (laughs) Let's talk about some electrolytes. Let's talk about electrolytes. All right. (laughs) Most of my research is actually on Gatorade specifically because electrolytes are actually pretty simple. But I'm going to talk about them last. Um, So Gatorade. Did you ever see that commercial growing up for Gatorade? that I don't remember when it was on, but I, I have a very specific memory of it um, being like a little documentary of like a football team and they play the first half and they're losing and they're so tired and they don't know what they're going to do. And then during halftime, someone br- gives them Gatorade and they win. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was like, remember the Titans, but the hero was Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of based on a true story. Uh, but oh, it uh, is remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, in 1965... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, quick poll, quick poll. What's the best Gatorade flavor? Uh, uh, the, like, light blue one. Yeah, yeah the I light like blue, blue one. Okay, great. As long as we're all in agreement. <laughs> I think it's called Frost, but you I all see, know. Or I see your Frost. It's called something like that. It's not the dark blue one, the light blue one. All right, I just want to make sure we're all in agreement. Okay, continue. <laughs> Do we even know what that's supposed to be? Like, is that supposed to be a specific flavor we know? Or are we all just be like, yep, blue. <laughs> Honestly, I know the like, flavor of frost. It's so funny that we're always like, oh, yeah, I'll take the blue flavor, but we never know what it is. Yeah. We never you know. You know, you know what blue flavor tastes like. But, like, you what do. is it supposed to taste like? Probably, I don't know about Gatorade. Most blue things are supposed to taste like blue raspberry. Yeah. The blue Gatorade, I feel like it's just supposed to taste refreshing. Like, I genuinely find it to be refreshing and a little salty. <laughs> I think it's well, like that's on purpose. Okay. So, 1965. The Florida Gators, which is the football team of the University of Florida. I know. Um, My family's I don't... such a huge fan of theirs, and their colors are blue and orange, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. They had this team of researchers led by this man named Robert Cade basically try and develop a, a sports drink in order to um, try and replace body fluids that they were losing during football, during physical exertion. And they invented what was the early version of Gatorade and they called it Gatorade because it was for the Gators. Oh, yep. The more, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. The um, earliest version of Gatorade was just a very simple beverage consisting of a mixture of water, sodium, sugar, potassium, phosphate, and lemon juice. A lot and- of chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. And- mm. Um, 
and 10 players on the team of the, on the University of Florida football team tested this first version of Gatorade during practices and games in 1965. And the tests were deemed successful. Uh, and so they started giving it to the whole team. And then that year they ended up winning the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech. Uh, the Yellow Jackets. I wonder how uh, actually, they measured success. Like they got less tired. I guess they maybe I, they had more energy for the second half. Oh my bad, it wasn't that year. In 1967, two years later, after like okay. they started drinking it, they they won in 1967. At which point, the like idea behind the drink kind of gained traction in the athletic community. The <laughs> uh, head, the quarterback of the team, what was his name? Steve Spurrier. He he was quoted to say. Um, I don't have any answers for whether the Gatorade helped us in the second act. Who knows? <laughs> the second half. I'm so sorry. The second <laughs> act. <laughs> in the second half. During intermission, they drank the Gatorade. <laughs> um, but that then when they, asked, um, the, when they asked Bobby Dodd, who was the coach of the Yellow Jackets, the opposing team, uh, when they asked him why his team lost, uh, he said, quote, well, we didn't have Gatorade. That made the difference. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> this, this college just, put together this drink that they thought was helping them win the championships essentially can you imagine if like people started naming the jungle juice at their college parties and they were like it helps with sports (laughs) 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 like the same thing (laughs) um so robert cade the guy who came up with the mixture um he wanted to market was he a scientist or a food guy or just some random guy i think he was like a scientist researcher scientist He wanted to market the product and make it like something he could sell. And so he and the same team that put together the original thing decided to do just that. Um, but interestingly, they couldn't call it. They wanted to call it Gator Aid AID, as mm. in like it helped you because like, it aided the Gators. Yeah. But um, the FDA uh, told them they couldn't because if you put the pre- the suffix AID in something, um, I didn't realize this. That implies that it has scientifically proven medical benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, does that mean Kool-Aid has scientifically proven health benefits? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, <laughs> Jane, because of Kool-Aid, they wait. said that you can't put it anymore. Yeah, they were <laughs> we like, we have to know more about this because Kool-Aid is definitely AID. Well, the apparently the FDA was like, you can't use AI, AID because you haven't done any um, <laughs> any um, clinical tests on any. On, apparently, there's like a certain number of people you have to do clinical tests on to prove that it actually yeah. um, does the thing that you say it does medically. And yeah, they didn't makes- want to do that. So they oh, were God. just kind of banking on it being a placebo thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is so they nuts. Were, so they were like, we'll just say ADE. It, it sounds the same, you know? It's close enough. Um, so in 1969, this year that keeps coming back on our show. We've had so many things happen in the year 1969. I know. It's in crazy. 1960, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I, I um, was trying to think about that year. and it, the, it Numerologically, it adds to seven. So if it would add to nine, I'd be like, <gasps> but it doesn't. It adds to seven. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, in 1969, Robert Cade um, entered into an agreement with the company Stokely Van Camp Incorporated. Um, they're a canned food packaging company. To He hired them to produce and sell the Gatorade uh, as a commercial product. And within a year, it was the official sports drink of the NFL. Uh, within a year? Within a year. 1969, a lot happened for Gatorade. because <laughs> It was a big year for Gatorade, space, the war. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but that same year, 1969, um, that company that they went into the like agreement that they would sell it together with Stokely Van Camp, they made a lot of adjustments to the recipe. They made it uh, more heavily lemon-lime flavor, and they made an orange flavor, and they removed the sweetener cyclamate, which was banned by the FDA um, that very year, and replaced it with additional fructose. Oh, mm-hmm. fructose. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there's a thing called oral rehydration therapy, which I think they give to you in the hospital when you're dehydrated. Uh, it might have been that thing you talked about last week that you got when you said, no, yes. they just gave me an IV bag. The, what they, the thing well, I had to drink. IV bag? It's, oh, I guess that's fair. It's, it's not water. It's like really intense fluids. Yeah. It's oh, that's not this, water. Yeah. It's like uh, ultra, ultra water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, well, oral rehydration therapy is a mixture of salt, sugar, and water that is medically used to rehydrate people. Oh, yeah, that's what so it it's, is. It's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Gatorade was based on that, with, and they use citrus-based flavors and food coloring. Um, but since then, the recipes have changed a lot. In the 1990s and the 2000s, more and more sugar and high-fructose corn syrup have been added. Mm-hmm. Um and so based on the amount of calorie, sugar, and sodium in Gatorade products, many have raised questions about how actually healthy it is for you. Right. Uh, in 2010, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't know why I can't say the name Arnold. I'm the same way with Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Mm. I can never say <laughs> You sounded like you were struggling so much there. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Um, anyway, he um, tried to ban the sale of sports drinks in general from schools in California. When in California, go- this is when he was governor. When he was yeah. governor, yeah, yeah. I just watched a movie that he made in 2013, and I was like, was he governor when he made this movie? Uh, I don't know I how long. So. Are you talking about like an escape room or something? Yeah, escape yeah. plan. He was, <laughs> he was governor or, or when he made escape like- plan. I feel like that's such a big time commitment being governor of a state. So I can't believe he would have had time to film a movie. So I don't know. I'm skeptical of that. But, you know, you never know. Anyway. Uh, and <laughs> so since 2010, um, a lot of schools have phased out the sale of sports drinks. In addition to soda and other energy drinks. My school did, like, right in that time frame, too. We used to sell Gatorade and sports drinks at school. And then by the end of the time I left high school, we had a healthy snack vending machine. (laughs) (laughs) We had one of those, too. Okay, so here's a little health information about Gatorade. Okay, so in one 20-ounce bottle of Gatorade, there's 34 grams of sugar. How much percentage of your daily allowance is that? For reference... The maximum, the maximum amount of sugars that women are told that they should have in one day is 25 grams. <gasps> so it's nine more grams. And this is in what size bottle of Gatorade? A 20 ounce bottle. Yeah. There's... All, right. All right. Time to stop drinking Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm wondering and if I can sell like one of the really tiny one. ones. The skinny apparently, one. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, for men, apparently, the um, maximum amount of sugar is thirty-seven point five grams. So it's the, they, they could have they could have a whole one and then a, like a, an extra sip of another one. Uh, <laughs> they were looking. Lame, they have a whole three point five grams to men go. Get everything. I mean, wasn't it proof it's a man's world? <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't know if I believe that because I feel like I know a lot of men who are like scrawny compared to me, and I'm like, just because you're a guy, I don't believe that you can have so much more sugar than me. I feel like I'm. It's, yeah, I feel it's like it's based be... off of the average body mass of a man. Uh, in America. Like, probably it's probably right. based off of averages as opposed right. to. And also if you're they right. actually 
work out or do anything. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. A sport. Uh, yeah. yeah. So in 2012, there was a study done on 11,000 teenagers, which it that kind of blows my mind. I'm like, what are 11,000 teenagers doing Gatorade studies? Where did you find them? They probably <laughs> did it in a school and they had to get like clearance or something. Maybe. I don't know. But basically they like had different control groups and had um, each group was assigned a different amount of Gatorades per day that they could consume. And then they like weighed them like every day. And I don't know. They didn't say how much time had gone by, but at the end of the study, um, all of the students had gained 3.5 pounds for every sports drink per day they could they consumed. <gasps> That's crazy. So it was like everyone who consumed one gator in a day had gained 3.5 pounds. Two gators had gained seven pounds. Oh, wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and the conclusion that they made at the end of the study was that while sports drinks were promoted by professional athletes as a health drink, they really shouldn't be used by children unless they are continuously exercising for long periods or they live in hot climates and they're exercising a lot. Yeah, that kind of, because when I was growing up, or what I remember was like, oh, if you are an athlete or whatever, drink the Gatorade because you're sweating out and you need yeah. the potassium. So yeah, you need the potassium. That's technically what it's for. It's just to replace what you lost. Yeah, yeah it's not supposed to be like a like regular drink yeah. that you yeah. have when you're not doing Like, that's why I only drink Gatorade. The first time I went to kickboxing, I was so tired and so exhausted. And I drink lots of water, but leaving, I was like, I want a Gatorade because mm-hmm. I felt like I needed sugar yeah. or something like that because I just sweat so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, early Gatorade advertisements claimed that uh, the drink moved through your body 12 times faster than water. So it would like <laughs> how would you, super speed. How would you even know that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's just what the advertisement claims. But Are the like... research found that that was not true. Were they like, my urine is a bright yellow. It must be the Gatorade moving too fast. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's junk know. science. Uh, this is kind of a sad fact, but Gatorade also at one point advertised that... Um, Athletes needed to consume at least 40 ounces of Gatorade per hour if they were, like, in training or, like, currently being an athlete, which is, like, two of those bottles per hour. Anyway, that was this is very sad. In 2002, there was a uh, marathon, a Boston Marathon runner named Cynthia Lucero, and she took that advice and drank that much Gatorade, and she died. Um, was it, um, like, from potassium overdose or something? Yeah, her from, cause like, of death shock. was as critical sodium imbalance brought on by drinking um, so much Gatorade. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's terrible. Did but Gatorade like, get sued? I don't I don't know. They should have been. Um, this is a very like, good example of when someone should have been sued. Because yeah, they, like, they said you have to drink 40 ounces per hour or else your athletic performance could suffer. But they just said that in like one commercial. And I'm sure maybe they said in fine print at the bottom of it like not medically tested. Because it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's crazy that's why there are so there are so many laws about advertising about what you're allowed to say and not say because mm -hmm. you don't want to make you don't want to make a medical promise that you like don't know for a fact you know it's really scary all right so here is the question you gave me last week you said why do you crave gatorade after you exercise yeah um so when we exercise, we use up um, all of the resources and fuel in our, well, not all of them, but we, we, we use up a, a lot of, <laughs> use <laughs> everything we got. <laughs> we use up a lot of like resources that we store in our body. Um, 
we use a lot to keep our body moving. And when we sweat, we use up a lot of water and fluids that we have in our body. Uh, and that can lead to dehydration. And we are losing a lot of electrolytes in that process. An electrolyte is really just an umbrella term for particles that carry a positive or negative electric charge. Um, okay. Uh, in, in nutrition, this refers to essential minerals found in your blood, sweat, and urine that dissolve and form positive or negative ions to, that are used in metabolic processes. And these ions carry the electrical energy necessary for many functions, including muscle contraction and transmission of nerve impulses. So basically electrolytes like allow the signals that make our body move, move. Okay. Uh, and cramping is your body's way of telling you that you don't have enough electrolytes. <gasps> That's yeah, so but, interesting. So the electrolytes that are found naturally in your body are sodium, potassium, chloride, calcium, magnesium, phosphates and bicarbonate so when you want to drink an electrolyte it's because you've sweat out so much of those okay be replaced right um and gatorade we specifically crave just because um <laughs> just mostly because marketing we've really come to associate the flavor of gatorade yeah because they put a lot of flavoring in there there are a couple of other drinks that you can consume that contain electrolytes there are a lot of other energy drinks uh, and coconut that have water. Less sugar. Yeah. Coconut water. Coconut water has a lot. That's has a lot of That's I, good to know because I love co- I love coconut water. Basically, it, um, it hydrates you about the same speed as water does, as we found from <laughs> that one person that <laughs> just proved the Gatorade advertisement. Um, it replaces the fluids just as quickly, but it it replaces everything you lost from sweating a little quick. Gotcha. A little more so quickly. like, do we need not necessarily Gatorade, but when we work out, do we need something more than water? Um, you don't necessarily need it. Like, I think if you, if you work out and then you dress, drink water, eventually based on your diet and know. just your bodily function, it will eventually build itself back up. But Gatorade just does it more quickly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It gets it into your bloodstream faster, I guess. That makes um, sense. To regulate your body's pH balance. Um, in terms of getting an electrolyte, um, coconut water is really the healthiest option. If you're looking um, for an electrolyte-rich option to quench your thirst, one cup contains 13% of the potassium and 7% of the phosphorus you need in a day, as well as 20% of your daily sodium and magnesium needs. Um, when I, I was talking to my mother about this the other night, and I was talking about how one time I had the flu while we were at college and I went to the nurse and they took my temperature and I don't remember what it was, but I had a, a fever and they brought me to like a back room and they put me in a bed and a nurse would come in like every half hour with a Gatorade and said, drink this, drink this. Mm-hmm. And she like kept making me drink them until my fever broke. So I think it, it did help break my fever, but like I probably consumed so much sugar that day. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of sugar. Yeah. I always, I feel like the only times I drink Gatorade is I don't drink it after kickboxing anymore. Cause now I don't feel like I need it. Just that first couple of times I was yeah. like, I need something more than water, but now I'm yeah. pretty much okay with water um, after um, during and afterwards. But when I, I'm sick, like what I, want most of all is a Gatorade and I think it's because I definitely do feel that like quick it's like it's almost like a drug Mm -hmm. it's how I feel when I drink coffee for the first time in a day it's like a relief Mm. you know I'm also surprised that there isn't like a coconut flavor Gatorade with all the 
yeah. stuff that coconut has. Like, I'm surprised coconut. there isn't a coconut. Or coconut. Could, or there just might like, be. We just don't know. I only tell, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you what flavor the red one is. Yeah. Oh, no. Orange or, is orange. Yellow is lime. Yeah. Or, like, why aren't the coconut water companies be like, hey, we're good. Isn't for there, isn't like there a white Gatorade? Isn't there one that's, like, a whitish color? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to look it up. I don't know. That's true. I'm surprised that there's not a coconut Gatorade. But- yeah, I was telling my mom about that, and she was like, the nurse should have been bringing you coconut water. Oh, okay, well. Yeah, uh, little nurse has coconut water. I, well, when I Googled um, Gatorade, electrolytes, dehydration, or some combination of that, a YouTube video popped up that was like a lesson for like a nursing class. And so I think it's still used in medical practices to give patients Gatorade to help them with fevers and dehydration. I feel like, yes, it's a lot of sugar, but also, like, it is very different when you're drinking that amount of sugar on a regular basis as opposed yeah. to when you're sick. So yeah. it might be one of those situations that, like, the benefits of that quick, like, here's your potassium, here's yeah. your sodium, might outweigh the amount of sugar you're getting because you could always, you know, work that back off, you know? Yeah. Assuming that the person lives a healthy lifestyle with a healthy diet, you know? Here's yeah. The top 10. Glacier freeze. That's the darker blue. Yes. Glacier no, Freeze is, is dark blue. One. This is the light one. Glacier oh, the, Freeze is the, the light, light one. one. Uh, Rainberry? What? Rainberry is the purple. There's Lemonade. Mango Extreme. The yellow gator cool looks so... blue. Cool That's blue. the dark one. Oh, okay. Tangerine. I swear to God there was a frost. Fruit Punch. Citrus Cooler. And orange. And then the classic Lemon Lime. Look up mm-hmm. Frost Gatorade. Maybe it's an old one. There I've have definitely... been a couple variations of, you know, like there's one that's like diet that's a little less sugar, but something about that one is also like not great for you. They oh, also like diet coke isn't good for you. Like diet coke isn't good for you because of the stuff they put in to make it diet. You know, to make it like sometimes substitutes. Sometimes it's better to have the calories than yeah. to do a zero calorie diet. You know, like zero calorie beer, like. You're drinking beer. Why are you looking for your, watching all your calories? Right. <laughs> like, like if you're gonna drink beer, sense. just drink the friggin' beer. Yeah. Anyway, is that everything you have so on? So that is all I have on Gatorade and electrolytes. Wow. Thank you. That was super informative, and I'm thankful because we've had this conversation a couple of times. Me being like, "What's Gatorade for?" <laughs> and you were like, "It's just propaganda." <laughs> but it's propaganda and sugar. Well, because right. it contains high fructose carbon syrup. Did I say this two seconds ago? Yeah. Anyway, so that it's like just as bad for you as soda is essentially. But also like I think like you were saying, like the people who are really drinking it on a daily basis are like athletes. And that's a little like a little more functional for a daily basis because they're using a lot of electrolytes constantly. Frost is like light, light blue Gatorade. It's like a, a little sub brand. Sub brand. Like, I yeah, because I've definitely had frost flavored before. There's more than one frost flavor. Oh. Like, there's a purple one. Right. It was, like, a, it was, yeah, it was a sub brand. It was, like, a spinoff, like, Gatorade Frost, and then there was still, like, a blue one, a purple one, a Mm -hmm. dark blue one. Okay, yes, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the difference is chemically, but, okay, well, now it's good to know. Yeah, it is good to know. I mean, like, like I said, I have Gatorade, I, I would say, once in a blue moon. It's not a thing I drink a lot, but it is interesting that, like, when I'm sick, Obviously, I drink water, but mm-hmm. I'm also like that is one I'm. I'm like I want a Gatorade right now. Um, like my body is very specifically like you want those electrolytes. So now it's good to know like what they are. And now I'll just it's, start drinking coconut water because I love coconut yeah. water. It's interesting that you said earlier you were like I crave it because it's salty. I was like I would have never thought of Gatorade as salty, but I it does contain sodium. 
But I don't think, I think I've only ever had the blue Gatorade. I've only ever had the blue Gatorade in like memory. When I was little, I might've had a yellow or a red or an orange one, but in recent memory, it's only the blue ones. And those ones actually taste salty to me. Yeah, I haven't had a Gatorade in a while. And then, like, I would look at it, like, oh, red or blue. And I'm like, oh, not, there's no f- actual flavoring in here. It's just like, yeah. Well, now we know. All right. So, moving on. Here's what we're going to do. Um, Krista, we didn't announce what you were going to talk about on the show. We kept it a surprise. So, today, <laughs> first is going to be telling us about Shopkins, which, if you don't know what they are, we all know because we work at schools, but Shopkins is this like brand of toys. I, I don't even know how to describe it, which is why I'm going to let Carissa do it. That has become so popular. Like if you if if you don't know any young people, it is like the Bratz dolls yeah. or the Barbie dolls of kids now. It's it's a huge thing. It's on all the toys. Walk down any toy aisle or any like children's clothing aisle and you're going to see stuff covered in Shopkins. And it's really blown up. And so many of our students... I don't know if this is true for your students, Jane. We're so obsessed with them. And I just like, I needed to know more because it's like, <laughs> what are you? Like, you're Where not a doll. Like, what are like what's your story? So it's time not for us to hear. Many of my students had them, but my little cousin was obsessed with them. Really? Occasionally I'd see a student this year at Wingspan who like had one or two on her or him, but usually yeah. but my cousin had so many. She had like pick an object in the world, she had it in Shopkins form. Wow, that's great. Yeah, our students absolutely obsessed with them across all ages, too. So it's time to find out more. Mm-hmm. So here we go. From... Where did you. they go? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Shopkins is a toy line from the company Moose Toys. Moose Toys, it has their headquarters in Australia, and they've been out since 2014. They're an Australian toy? Yeah, the Moose Ooh. Toys, that's where their headquarters are. It's in that's Australia. That's shocking. I would have never guessed that. Uh, the Shopkins, Shopkins mighty not- Dan <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Do they say matey in Australia? I take, I take it. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> great. I loved it. Dan and Shopkins. Shopkins is not the uh, only toy brand that they have. They also did Trash Pack and Grocery Gang. What? Which is Trash Pack? Trash Pack. Yes. Me with my friends. Trash Pack toys and Grocery Gang, uh, which were specifically for boys. So Shopkins was made. What does that mean specifically for boys? It was catered to boys. Okay. So do you remember when McDonald's, they used to ask you if you want the boy boy toy toy, or the girl toy? Okay. So it was like that. Mm -hmm. All right. And then Shopkins was basically the girl version. It was catered to girls, but now, of course, it's catered to everyone. Everyone can love Shopkins. Everyone can love Shopkins, and that's okay. Yeah, and the creator, Paul so- Paul Solomon, he credits his mom for the idea, basically just because there's a lack of girl toys in the market. Okay. Girls. Paul Solomon sounds like they have someone who would start a cult. <laughs> and I feel like, yes, there are less... Less- toys marketed towards girls and there are boys but also like girls can play with cars like girls can play with anything that boys are playing i know it's not that i just it's not that i want more toys for girls i just want to see more variety i want yeah i want to see more variety Mm. and see more girls playing with toys in general like i'm tired of seeing i used to love hot wheels as a kid but all of the commercials for hot wheels were boys and that Mm -hmm. made me feel really lame I had older brothers, so they would just get the toys and I would play with them when they were done. Good for you. <laughs> and the slogan or their motto is, once you shop, 
you can't stop. That's super true. <laughs> That's super true. They oh all have, like, it's not like any of the students have like two of them. It's like they have hundreds of them. Teach them capitalism young. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's oh my gosh. This is such a this is like proof that capitalism is a nightmare. Anyway, gotta catch them all. Yeah, and, except lame. Shopkins <laughs> is a tiny collectible toy based on grocery items. Each every single Shopkin has a name and a face. Every single Shopkin has a has. And their name names and, are creepy. They're like they're like they're like mushy mush or like. Here, here are some of their names that I like. I saw one called Little Blaze, which is a cupcake. <laughs> a Little Blaze. There's a... This summer, we should spend all summer learning the Shopkins and their names so mm-hmm. that when we come back to school, we'll be like, oh, yes, it's good to see that you have um, <laughs> yeah. Darling Cake. Like, <laughs> and just like, really freak out the kids. Mm-hmm. Be like, how do you know their names? There's Uncle Otis Oatmeal. <laughs> Aunt Wilhelmia Wafer. Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina Wafer. Oh my gosh. Kara Cookie. Uh, Papa Ravioli. Mama <laughs> Spaghetti t- Spaghettina. That's my Mommy favorite. Ravioli. And then there's t- Tony and Tilly Tortellini. Oh my gosh, it's a family of pasta. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Papa every ravioli. time. Shopkins release like a, a new line of toys. They're they're in seasons, so they call them seasons. Like There's, a television show. This is yeah. why I thought that they were a television show because yeah. I kept hearing seasons. There's also a television show. There is a YouTube channel oh for Shopkins, and they upload episodes daily. Daily? Yes. That's Are weird. They, like they're little so- kids playing with them. Uh, no, it's, it's like an, an animated, animated show. Co- yes, yeah, animated show. Oh. Who are the main characters? Do you know? Oh, no, I didn't actually look at them. <laughs> okay, I just want to say it's a missed opportunity that I didn't call him Papa Paparadele. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> missed opportunity. Um, besides just the little Shopton collectible items, there's also a clothing line. They do trading cards. Of course, there's stickers, books. There's also two Shopkins movies out. There's, there's two movies? There's two Shopkin movies. But, like, what do they do? Like, do they have jobs? Do they have hobbies? Because, like, Paw Patrol, they all have jobs. You know, they're a squad. But the Shopkins are just grocery I think it's just more like a slice of life type of thing where they just, like, do a scene. Like Peppa Pig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, No, no, no. Peppa Pig, there's, like, plot lines because they're people who do things. These are literally inanimate objects. What do they do? It's like sausage party except kid friendly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And uh, there are different levels of Shopkins. Like there are the the common ones. There's rare, ultra rare, special edition, limited edition, and exclusive. I knew knew that there was at least some levels because one of our students at the beginning of the school year at the book fair, she bought a Shopkins book and it came with some and she got an exclusive one and she was losing her mind. I was like, girl, you need to calm down. (laughs) There is a one limited edition Shopkin recently sold on eBay for $350. These are like Beanie Babies. Yeah, when the retail price is only $1.50. For each like shop, can you buy them individually, or do you have to buy them in those bulk packs? Uh, I think you buy them in the bulk packs. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if they have. Do you remember when Webkins were a big thing? Then you would buy the packs of cards, and you would get like five cards, and you would enter the access code, and then you would get something special on the Webkins website. Mm-hmm. I love those. <laughs> Oh, you remember when you said that uh, Paul Solomon's name kind of sounds like he was sort of cult? Yeah. One of his quotes was, 
We know that girls love all things miniature, so we created these cute collectible items with intricate detailing. See, just I just, I don't like that he said that because, like, not all women. But <laughs> <laughs> also, no. like, it's true that, like, girls do have a tendency to look at mini things and be like, aw. Like, I love those mini kitchen YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Love them. <laughs> They're shopping <laughs> small Walmart. Fury. <laughs> such a weight. Someone had to, like, use materials to make this tiny kitchen that no one can use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feeds literally nobody. <laughs> Uh, the Shopkins Small Mart uh, won Toy of the Year in 2015. And How is that decided? How are they like, this is the Toy of the Year? Do they just sell the most? Like, I feel no, like I want to... Like there's an organization. There's like the Toy of the Year thing and they do all of that. Shopkins should have been in Toy Story 4. Um, I want to... I wanna... <gasps> that would have been funny. Shopkins was in uh, Project Runaway. <gasps> yes. You're joking. I used and, to love that show. Yeah, in the season 16 episode... Episode nine, there was a Shopkins challenge where the designers had were paired with a child and they had a Shopkins character and they made it to life. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that Toy of the Year is some like innovative toy that's like really challenging kids to like think and like learn something. But also like maybe if it's like a doll, a doll that like empowers people, like they're making the first Barbie in a wheelchair, like mm-hmm. that deserves to be Toy of the Year. You know what I mean? Not like these random, and I know that I'm passing a lot of judgment on them, but like I just don't understand. They're literally just little mini objects that they slapped faces on. Yeah. There's also. They have um, no purpose. You can't even play with it. Like, it's not like dolls whose like arms move. No, the purpose is literally for collectible. It's just to collect. To collect. Them. Yeah. Just, just like co- Beanie Babies. Yeah. Just like Beanie Babies. You're just collecting them. And this if you get a rare like, one. You can cuddle with them. Like, they were squishy. <laughs> well, I maybe so it's like Pokemon cards, but I guess there's not really but Pokemon like, cards, a you game. play a game. There are trading cards for Shopkins. Do, do you play a game with them? I, that I don't know. I don't so think. So you play a game. It's called Your Imagination. <laughs> it's like baseball cards i never understood baseball cards like what's the you just own a card with someone's stats on it i don't get it like pokemon cards you play you battle you know yeah and but also i don't know that's the collectible part collectible part about it is like oh this is the first card ever you know like oh this is the first one they made and then now no one else has it or whatever i guess you know? i did used to collect pop figures so i guess it's similar yeah like those don't serve a purpose they just sit on your shelf mm-hmm. so it's, i guess it's similar except for little kids and at least they're only a dollar fifty yeah like a dollar fifty or maybe like five dollars in like the big little pack yeah, the big yeah. package yeah um i each- used to collect um well my brothers tried to collect i don't know if it was from mcdonald's but i swear we have one like they had to have 101 dalmatians oh um, yeah they did do it and i would tr- yeah and i tried I to collect all that. the disney princesses like little figurines i have a huge tub in my house that's just all the toys i got at mcdonald's and i used to be like it would be so entertaining to me it would just throw in the tub and then i'd pull up the tub and i'd just like make a game out of like all i have so many they're just huge the uh Bell was my favorite one. But, like, <laughs> it's crazy. Those toys are so useless, like, within a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, each Shopkins, they're in their own category. So, like, there's bakery category, dairy, frozen foods, fruits and oh veggies. Oh, my God. It's like going health shopping. Health and beauty. There's a pantry. There's a party food category, sweet treats. 
Um, cleaning and laundry category. Cleaning and laundry. International food category. Stationery. Shoes. <laughs> I have to say I did really enjoy, um, I would get Shopkins coloring sheets for the students and I would just go on Pinterest and type in Shopkins coloring sheets. And yeah. I enjoyed trying to find new ones. And some of the things they made, like, I was disturbed by the baby powder Shopkin. I was like, <laughs> I don't know why. It like, made me unsettled. There was like a diaper one. I was like, I find this unsettling. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why. And also, depending on the Shopkin, uh, it can have eight different variations of that Shopkin. So there, you can have, like, the original one, and then there could be another version of it where it's glitter, or there can be another version uh, of it where it's, like, a specific color, and that makes it rare or something. And that's basically it about Shopkin. So now I just want to share some more names. We have <laughs> Crispy Lettuce. <laughs> Cheeky Crispy. Yes. Chris. Lettuce. <laughs> Child, that I'm not lying. Peely potato, Millie, uh, Millie mushroom. I love chicky cherries. <laughs> Crispy lettuce. That's my absolute favorite. Good nightgown. <laughs> Sandy shut What is what is Sandy shut eye? She's a sleep mask. I'm sleep mask. Shut up. Oh my god. <laughs> Olive overnight bag. Overnight bag. That's the worst name I've ever heard. Poppy sock. Oh, and there's, just there's, a sock? yes, and there's three different variations of that. Oh it's like poppycock, but poppy sock. <laughs> See, the thing is, is also kids can't appreciate these excellent puns. Like they can't appreciate crispy lettuce. Heidi hibiscus. Heidi hibiscus. What? Heidi hibiscus. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's a hibiscus oh. flower. I love the alliterations. I love alliteration. Oh, flippy and floppy. Minty. It's <laughs> just mint. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had a kid in my kindergarten class. Well, there were two kids in my kindergarten class who were both named Ben. And one of them was Ben H. And one of them was Ben T. And one time my mom saw like our class's names written out. And she was like, one kid in your class's name is Bent. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> what was the name of the oatmeal? I eat oatmeal a lot. So now Odie like, oatmeal. Odie oatmeal. <laughs> Wasn't it like Uncle something? Uh, Uncle o- uh, Uncle Otis. Yeah, Uncle, Uncle Otis. Otis oatmeal. Uncle Otis oatmeal. Papa ravioli. Papa ravioli. I think is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Mama spaghetti. Uh, spaghetti. Oh, Susie sausage. Oh my God! For Halloween at school this year, we should be Papa ravioli and Mama <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia olive. Birdie basil. Birdie basil. Pop pizza. <laughs> See, it's weird because some of them, like, got real names. Like, yeah. Birdie is a name. And then some of them, like, Chris is a name. But then some of them, they just added a Y to the end of what they are. <laughs> like, Minty. Stella Stapler. Stella Stapler. I've definitely printed Stella Stapler oh, before. Oh, Snippy for the scissors. Oh, I'm Snippy. <laughs> Wait, there's, oh, there's two. There's an exclusive Snippy. Oh, yeah, these, they are exclusive uh, Snippies. Oh, <laughs> Max saxophone. Max sax. Shouldn't he just be called Maxophone? I'm just saying. <laughs> Mike Max Rofone? iPhone. What? There we go. <laughs> Mike Rofone. <laughs> He's a Mike. Where's the Mike Stanley? I'm going to reference Mike Stanley <laughs> from Hannah Montana as much as I can. 
<laughs> you did reference him in a mm-hmm. previous episode already. I know. I there is no mic. There's no mic stand. Surprisingly, just that's because they're waiting to do Mike Stanley until the copyright for Hannah Montana. Has oh won. yeah, that's probably like season. Microphone. Oh my gosh. Like some of them, they didn't even try. <laughs> I feel like parents buy them for their kids because they find the names funny. Like, I would absolutely buy my kid crispy lettuce. <laughs> it's a toy. It's just lettuce. No, it's a toy. <laughs> it's name. Crispy. Did you see its name? <laughs> I wonder how big this industry is. Like, how much money do you think they make in a year? Uh, a good amount. If they have, like, rare and, like, limited edition items. <laughs> Dusty Pan. <laughs> I hate that's the worst name ever. Dusty, dusty pan. pan. <laughs> I don't know, something minty is the worst, but dusty pan. Wait, is it dust tea pan or no, is it like dusty and then pan? Dusty pan. <laughs> There's so many seasons. I can't even name them all, but those are the good ones. Those are the ones. good ones. The good ones. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for teaching us more about job kids. I just, I genuinely needed to know. You guys might not care, but I care a lot. Because it's Our wild. kids care a lot. Our kids care a lot, and I want to be able to relate to them. But I'm happy now that I know that crispy lettuce and papa ravioli exist. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> oh, this is a funny story. I had one day this week where I just could not get my children to be silent. And I was trying to have, like, an end-of-the-day circle where I, like, talked about, we like... What's your favorite part of the day? What are you looking forward to? Yada, yada, yada. And I had them all in a circle and I could not get them to stop talking. So I just like looked around and started like tapping the floor. And I like made eye contact with a couple kids being like, do it with me. And I like just like sat there until everyone was tapping the floor with me. And it was like very calming and relaxing. And then (laughs) my 11 year old (laughs) Trey was like, was like, this is ASMR. I was like, I hate that you know what that is. <laughs> but it is. No, like, young people know what ASMR is. A couple of our students one time, I did something, and they were like, ooh, that was, like, ASMR. And I was like, you're seven. How do you know what ASMR yeah, is? Yeah, I'd be like, what does it actually mean, though? <laughs> like, yeah, tell me what the acronym means. Yeah. Do you even listen to you know what I've been wondering? <laughs> do you even listen to my podcast? Um, all right. So, are we ready to learn about GMOs? Yes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> nutrition part two. Nutrition part two. Okay. So here's the thing. I too have been one of those people that's like GMOs are bad. And now it's like, it's not that I think n- n- now where I'm at is that I don't think GMOs are bad for you, but I think they're bad for the economy. I'm going to say why later. Here we go. GMO time. Time for a GMO discussion. GMO, so let's go. GMO. GMO. Let's go. So, according to non-gmoproject.org, genetically modified organisms are living organisms whose genetic material has been artificially manipulated in a laboratory through genetic engineering. This creates combinations of plant, animal, bacteria, and virus genes that do not occur in nature or through traditional crossbreeding methods. That's all it means. It means that they changed its DNA. Most GMOs have been engineered to withstand the direct application of herbicide and or to produce an insecticide. Um, However, new technologies are now being used to artificially develop other traits in plants, such as resisting to browning in apples or other fruits. So that's what a GMO is. The title GMO has nothing to do with chemicals. It just has to do with the genetic makeup, all the stuff on the inside. 
The criticism of GMOs is that despite biotech industry promises, there is no evidence that any of the GMOs currently on the market offer increased yield, drought intolerance, enhanced nutrition, or any other consumer benefit. So all this stuff I'm about to say, non-GMO project is like, yeah, but there's no proof of that. I don't know if non-GMO project is right, that there is no proof that like there is a higher yield or mm -hmm. that there is, you know, whatever. Um, because all the stuff I'm going to say in a little bit is going to be like, this is why GMOs are good. And it seems like there are quite a few researchers that agree. But non-GMO project is like, no, there's no real proof. But you have to keep in mind that GMOs have only been around since 1994, really, like in a mass produced type of way. So it's hard to tell about the long-term effects of GMOs on a market. It's just as old as me. Yeah, <laughs> as old as Carissa. <laughs> they have the same birthday. Um, <laughs> like it's as it's really hard to tell about the long-term effects of something when they've only been around for 25 years. Mm. So, in 2018, a law was passed requiring the labeling of all GMOs in the U.S. by 2022. Um, some uh, like 60-ish countries use GMOs. Um, some of them they're required to say that there are GMOs, and some of them they're required not to. But as we know, it's very popular right now for products to label things as non-GMOs. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later. So most packaged foods contain ingredients derived from corn, soy, canola, and sugar beet. And the vast majorities of those crops in North America are genetically modified. Animal products are also at a high risk for GMOs because their feed often consists of genetically modified products. So even though we're not genetically modifying mm. animals, the things they're eating are genetically modified, so that affects their meat. Um, the, GMO, mm. the GMO industry has had a huge impact on farmers. Probably the biggest impact has been on farmers. The companies that make GMOs have, they obtain patents for their exclusive use of those GMOs. So those allow the companies to sue farmers whose crops become in contaminated with GMOs, even if the neighboring crops become result become contaminated as a result of natural pollen drift. Um, mm -hmm. So... This is a huge problem because farmers, their crops that are not genetically modified are being cross-contaminated by GMOs and then they're getting sued even though it's not their fault. Um, according to the International Journal mm. of Food Contamination, almost 400 cases of GMO, of GMO contamination occurred between 1997 and 2013 in 63 countries. So it's a huge problem. It's, a, it's not just an American problem. It's an international problem. Um, but people are getting sued for things that literally aren't their fault. Inadequate regulation of GMOs um, also fails to hold seed companies accountable for any resulting damages on the GMOs and ultimately puts the onus on farmers who have been the victims of contamination. So, like, the, the companies that are selling GMO seeds are not being helpful at all. Contamination can also spark dramatic economic losses for farmers who face rejection from export markets that ban GMOs. Some of them want to take advantage of the fact that there are markets that say you can't sell us GMOs and then their stuff gets cross-contaminated and they're losing out on a market that like they're very specifically geared toward. Mm -hmm. um, because the, the people that are making GMOs are these huge farming companies. You know, they don't need these smaller export markets, but organic farmers do. Um, and organic farmers suffering contamination can lose their organic certification and the premium they pay for their organic crop because of this cross-contamination. So it's actually a really huge agricultural problem that there are both GMOs and non-GMOs out there and that the regulation of GMOs is just like not great. Mm -hmm. So farmers who buy GMOs, 
Farmers who buy GMO seeds must pay licensing fees and sign contracts that dictate how they can grow the crop. So you can't just decide that you're going to buy GMO seeds. You have to go through a whole process to do it. And that process has to be renewed every single year. Um, and this even allows those seed companies to inspect their farms and make sure that they're following all the regulations of planting GMOs. Now, this might be because like of scientific reasons, like, oh, you know, they have to be grown a certain way in order for like the GMO qualities to really come out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also just another way for those companies to really monopolize. Um, GMO seeds are much more expensive and farmers must buy them each year or else be liable mm -hmm. for infringement. So if they try to be like they can't the farmers cannot use the seeds from the things they grew from gmos themselves they have to buy new seeds so if they buy if they grow a tomato they can't take the seeds out of that tomato and try to plant them they have to buy new tomato seeds oh that's just wasting it it is it's wasteful in a way that's what that's a big complaint is that it's wasteful and it just guarantees that these corporations these seed corporations have a lot of money in their pocket they're making it specifically more difficult for farmers I feel like that makes it more likely that they're like there's going to be cross pollination if you have all these like extra seeds that are. Well, when you when you sell a tomato, the seeds are still inside, you know, like yeah. they're just not going to split open a tomato and pull out the seeds because um, seeds and fruits and vegetables are really on the inside for the most part. Um, I mean, vegetables okay. and that's not how vegetables work, but for fruits, at least, you know, they're on the inside. Um, but it I'm is thinking it of is... like crops and. Yeah, but it is, it's definitely more expensive. Um, it does, it does cause, cause a lot of problems. Um, so because, what, do you have a question? How would they know though? The cross-contamination? No, like if I just plant seeds from the plant that, or, you know, plant new seeds from my old tomato. You get what I'm saying? I feel like the far, the or corporations they... must have a way to come in and test the crops and see like, oh, these are, these are GMO seeds, which you did not purchase. There has to be, you know, Maybe no like genetic marker. There has to be or... a genetic marker. Yeah, because everything has genetics to it. So there must be some sort of genetic marker that they can test. You know, they take a sample and they know, oh, this has been genetically modified against a real, against a non-modified tomato. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the farmers just need to make a little side business. All farmers need their own. Oh, I'm sure there's a GMO black market. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a GMO black market. Ooh. I mean, like, these tomatoes are made from GMO tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Same seeds. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's crazy. The restrictions on growing GMO crops are, like, actually really insane. And they're very, very strict about it. But not for any health reasons. It's all for like capitalism reasons mm -hmm. like just for money reasons so because more than 80 percent of all gmos have been manufactured for herbicide intolerance now i'm going to explain the difference between herbicide and pesticide because i didn't know herbicide wards against um weeds and other negative plant aspects stuff that'll stop their growth pesticides wards off bugs yeah so uh... this this next part really freaked me out because more than 80% of all GMOs have been manufactured for herbicide intolerance, the use of toxic herbicides has increased 15 times since GMOs were introduced into 1994. Now, what a lot of pro-GMO mm. people will tell you is that they're stronger against pesticides, so we lose less pesticides. Yes, but weeds are attached to the plant that they're grown from. So if you are growing stronger tomatoes you are also growing stronger wheat so they have to use more herbicides which are also very harmful to, can be really harmful to yeah. people now 
there is studies that show that like the herbicides in that you spray on plants are not damaging enough to a person to consume to harm them in any way but that doesn't mean they're not harmful to the environment in general especially if there's drift from a gmo farm to a non-gmo farm because a herbicide that's strong enough for gmo plants could decimate a non-gmo plant genetically modified crops are also responsible for the emergence of super weeds and super bugs which can only be for more toxic poisons. And I don't want to know what a super bug is, but it sounds disgusting. I hate bugs. Immune to pesticides. I don't ever want to live in a baby, the super bug. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, They sound like superheroes, but super bad. A super bug. I don't want to know what a super bug is. I I imagine that's, I feel like that's how horror movies start with just like really big versions of already existing creatures. Sounds Like, like a virus. It does. It sounds like a virus. Did you hear about the superbug going around? Uh, it scares <laughs> me. It's so scary. Like, I'm actually afraid of this. So those are all the negative aspects to GMOs. I thought I would start with the negative. Here's the counter argument in favor of GMOs. Oh, wait, sorry. This is the last negative fact. According to farmaid.org, since, which is against GMOs, since the commercial introduction of GMOs, the seed industry has rapidly consolidated. And today, just four companies control almost 60% of the seed market. And they control about 80% of the corn market and 75% of the soybean seed market. Wow, soybean. Yeah, soybeans are really, that's are very getting, popular. Yeah, crop. that's getting popular now that everyone's becoming a vegan. And yeah, soybeans is, a, soybeans is a huge industry because soy, soy is used in a lot of foods. Yeah. Soybeans are very important, are very important crop, especially in America. Um, so that's really huge. And it's also like, again, this is creating like a monopoly problem because people want GM. I'm going to tell you why farmers want GMOs. Um, because so many people want it. The industry is very the the people who are producing GMO seeds. It's actually a very small industry where they're making a lot of money and causing a lot of problems for non-GMO farmers. So this is why farmers are like in favor. Farmers in the agricultural industry is in favor of GMOs, according to Corteva, an online agri-science forum. In 2016, the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine released a report, the first official report on genetically engineered crops. This had been taken from over 900 different research studies on GMOs that happened from 1994 to 2016. And this committee found no differences that implicate a higher risk to human health from genetically engineered foods than from their non-genetically engineered counterparts. So there's no health difference between GMO and non-GMO foods. Oh. That benefits are exact like this, like that's if a tomato is a hundred calories, it doesn't matter if it's GMO or not, it's still a hundred calories. No health differences. There's no um, like long term health risks that we don't know about yet that could be potential. There's only long-term in the sense that, like, these have really only been out since 1994. But since 1994, people who have continually consumed GMO products have seen no different health risks than anyone who didn't consume them. Like, it's been the exact same thing. There's nothing There's nothing to suggest that there's any health risk to consuming GMOs. And my mother is convinced that there is. It just, like, is long-term, or we don't know about it yet, but... No, there's nothing to suggest that, like, there is anything that will even pop up. Because they can still see, like, even if there's something small, they're like, oh, there was, like, a marginal. There's, like, not even anything marginal. Literally, like, statistically. Mm. If there was anything, it was statistically insignificant. So, basically, the main problem is just that it's creating more super bugs and super... Yeah. All the problems have to do with... The problems have to do with the agricultural industry. Yeah. 
not the actual like health cost. So Corteva points out that farmers may face challenges during a growing season, um, such as dry spells, and that inhibits the developmental process in a crop and can cause the harvest to be significantly reduced. So GMOs are a super powerful tool because some crops can be modified to be tolerant to drought stress, and then it reduces crop shortages and keeps the food prices more consistent in a drought. For example, in California, California just went through a really huge drought. If you know wineries were using GMO grapes, that means that they'd be able to keep producing the wine, which is a huge part of California's income. That's a huge export for California. So there are important benefits to it that are keeping a lot of communities able to make money and a lot of farmers able to continue to grow their crops, even when facing environmental stressors, which is only getting more prevalent with climate change. Another reason the agricultural industry modifies food is to protect the food supply. Um, as I said, pests can cause detrimental effects to crops, and to protect them, these insect-resistant traits are inserted into plants' genetics to keep insects from feeding on them. So not only does it, like, make them stronger against insects, it, like, insects can, like, tell when a food is safe to eat, mm-hmm. so they will modify the crop so that it tells insects, I am not safe to eat, instead of spraying it with pesticides. So, as a result... Like, yes, there are less pesticides being used. And also, because less pests are eating the crops, farmers can produce more crops per acre. Um, and so they produce more crops with using less soil. Mm-hmm. About 90% of scientists believe GMOs are safe. And this has been endorsed by the American Medical Association, the National Academy of Sciences, the, and the American Association for the Advancement of Science, and the World Health Organization. So they're all like, no, GMOs are safe for you to consume. Um, It's not possible to prove a food is safe only to show that no hazard has been shown to exist. Okay. Okay. So essentially things are safe until, uh, things are safe until they're unsafe. But that's true of literally everything. I mean, I, in college, I took a class called From DNA to Cancer, and it's about um, whether or not like we get predisposed to cancer and your biologicers and all this stuff. And we talked about carcinogens, which are things that are more likely to give you cancer. And there are every few years we talked about in class, there will pop up that they're like, Oh, we can't eat this anymore. It's a carcinogen. Mm -hmm. That's not entirely accurate. It's like, like causation, like correlation is not causation Causation. essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, but even with GMOs, it's like there's no, there's nothing that's even shown up to be a correlation, you know, and definitely not something shown up to be a causation. I do feel like it is kind of new in the their like existence to 100% say that. Like I feel like we should wait like 100 years and then be like, yeah, but exactly. that's the like, true with a lot of things too. Yeah, it's hard because it's just like at some point you have to wait, you know. I mean, like cigarettes. Cigarettes. It took until like the 90s for them to be like, oh no, cigarettes cause cancer, you know? Like yeah. It took them a really long time, even though that was happening pretty rapidly. But GMOs, if it's a slow, if it's a slow process, like it's just it's really hard to know. But as of right now, they're like there's no reason to believe that they pose any hazard to you. Just like um, the burnt bits on meat are very dangerous. Those are carcinogenic, carcinogenic. But they're only you're only going to get cancer if you only consume charred meat for every meal <laughs> every day for 50 years like that's how you would get cancer from burnt meat you know so i yeah. feel like it's like it would end up being one of those things you know 
According to a freshlook.org, GMO farm, which is a like pro GMO farming website, GMO farming has decreased the use of pesticides by 37% since 1994. Um, but this doesn't mention the use of stronger herbicides to get rid of weeds on this website. Um, they only mention mm. One of the most persistent beliefs about GMOs is that they are skyrocketing the food allergy rates because the first GMO commodity crops hit the U.S. market around the same time food allergy rates in children began to increase. But again, mm. correlation is not causation. causation. There's, nothing, there's nothing to say that like these two are really correlated. I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty good, good one. Like all of a sudden, there's a lot of people allergic to peanuts. Right, but peanuts are I not mean, a food I mean, that's genetically modified. Yeah, I know, but like... Soy, soy like soy would be one thing. yeah um it is it is a little weird but like if you think about the most common allergies we have soy wheat gluten, gluten. that was not popular that was that just came up i feel like that just came up like yeah, how that are did, you all of a sudden allergic to gluten <laughs> yeah a bunch of people i, I do wonder like how so i do know that there is celiac disease so i mean that yeah. You're you're definitely allergic to gluten from that, but like I also feel like though we just know so much more about people and their diets and their health. Like, you know, a hundred years ago, if you were allergic to something, when you ate something, they might just be like, Oh, it went bad. Like they wouldn't necessarily know that you were allergic yeah. to it. As opposed to now, we have a word for it. We have an understanding, like, oh, it means you can't eat that thing. Whereas before, like it's possible that people were always allergic to stuff. Also, like a we had a huge population increase over the last 150 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With population also, increase is gonna yeah. be allergies. Also, I feel like our our like amount of bread that we eat has just gotten a lot more. That's true. We eat more than we did before. We eat, we eat a bigger variety of foods than we did before. Mm-hmm. You know, until like the 1950s, everyone was eating soup for every meal. <laughs> That's what it seems like on television. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, it is true. There was a huge skyrocket in allergies. But I think it's also like that we know more now. And now we're able to put a word on when we can't eat something. Like, oh, I'm allergic to it. Not just like, oh, what I had was bad for me. I had a spoiled glass of milk. It's like, no, you're lactose intolerant. You know, yeah. we have more words for it, which also might be part of it. But yeah, so there was there was a huge spike in allergies. But like GMOs were rolled out slowly. So there, it's like the odds of them being... That would mean that overnight people were becoming allergic to GMO things, which just seems very. I mean, literally anything's possible. possible. Anything now, is possible. Be, like you could eat something for years, and all of a sudden you become allergic to it. That's true. That is very true. People develop allergies later in life, so that is an argument that people make. Sorry, that you know, allergies could be correlated to GMOs. There's not anything to prove it, but there's also anything to disprove it. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, GMOs probably have zero effect You're on another health. another day older. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. But did a, oh, we already did an episode on Les Mis, Jane. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. At the end of the day, GMOs probably have zero effect on your health. But they do have an effect on the farming industry farming, in a big yeah. way. So this is what FarmAid recommends. They don't want GMOs to be gone, but this is what they recommend. They recommend fair and affordable access to seeds and the right for farmers to save seeds yeah, from year to year. Yeah. Why can't they not save seeds? That- 
because like it's, it's just a monopoly of money like, it's just farming. a monopoly it's farming to be used your seed yeah no it's crazy <laughs> it's just a huge it's proof that it's like a capitalistic movement and anyway. that's what i'm saying there's definitely yeah. gonna be a black market be like hey these are reused seeds oh they're <laughs> happy i'm gonna find it i'm gonna find the find the gmo black market um they want increased funding for public plant and animal breeding to develop locally and regional adapted seed and breed varieties i didn't really touch upon this but there is also a problem that like people are mass producing gmos and then they'll send them out and it won't be good for that specific regional environment but then also gmos gmos will affect the regional environment in their own way because like in an environment everything's reacting to one another so Mm -hmm. if you introduce gmos to one farm the farm next door will feel the effects of that even though they're not using gmo seeds so they want like accountability for that um, they want antitrust enforcement in the highly concentrated private seed sector. So <laughs> there's a bunch of problems where like a bunch of people have a concentrated amount of wealth overseas and they don't want that. They want biotech companies to be held accountable for GMO contamination, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they want stronger independent review and oversight of GMO crops and animals prior to their approval and following their release into the environment and mar- marketplace. So essentially the people that are making GMOs are like, no, they're safe, they're fine. And they're sending them out there and they're not following following up to see whether or not they're fine and they want these studies to be led by the GMO industry not by a third party mm-hmm. that's the demands of the of farming who again is not against GMOs they just want better regulation yeah. now the non-GMO marketing strategy is very specific because essentially it was one of those things where a new type of seed was rolled out and so there's always going to be a counter movement to everything, but the non-GMO counter movement has also been very capitalistic in nature. It's not really health based. It's not because they're like, it's bad for you. It's not like the vegan movement where it's like about animal rights and environmental awareness. It's really because companies want to scare people into thinking GMOs are safe so that their products will be bought, which is why they started putting non-GMO on things before it was required to put GMOs on things. Because when you oh. see something specifically labeled as non-GMO, you're like, oh, that's good. It doesn't have this thing in it. I probably don't want that thing. And then you start to assume GMOs are bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah. randomly, like, companies, foods could just be like, wow, we don't have, and then make up an acronym and doesn't well, GMOs, that, that acronym already existed, but they saw an opportunity because people were like wary of GMO yeah. to be like, oh, we could take advantage of the fact that people are afraid of this thing and they don't know a lot about it and capitalize yeah. on their fear. Like it's literally capitalizing on their own fear. Yeah. To be like, oh, no, 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 this is not GMOs and it's safe. And people are like, cool. And then they want it, even mm. though they don't really know what GMOs are. This one article is talking about how this guy did a survey of his, like, Facebook community. He's a farmer about GMOs. And only 2 people, 2% of people said they thought GMOs were, like, safe to eat. Chipotle had a really big movement about two years ago where they were like, we're getting rid of GMOs at Chipotle. None of our food will have GMOs. And because people didn't really know what it is, but Chipotle made such a like, look at us, we're doing it. People were like, oh, that's really good that they're getting rid of those. Mm -hmm. And Chipotle was a really big part of the non-GMO movement because when they did it, other everyone started assuming, oh, they're doing it because they're trying to like help us. Yeah. They're doing it for Mm. kind of a marketing scheme. Like I said, GMOs, that market is definitely run by big companies and buying non-GMO foods might support smaller, more local farmers who 
are not running as big operations because GMOs are mostly popular on really big farms because again, it does kind of make farming easier. Mm-hmm. So non-GMO yeah. farming is a little more difficult. So there's definitely an aspect of like, okay, well, non-GMO crops, you know, could from be from a smaller farm, you know, more, you know, support your local business, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely tricky. I think, I think a lot of the problems with GMOs comes from what it's doing to the farming industry, not its actual like health effects mm-hmm. on people. That is everything about GMOs. All right. That's everything. Thank you so much for listening. Chris, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for telling me about Shopkins. It's something I've been wondering about for a very, very long time. You can I find us. Think about for a long time to come, crispy <laughs> lettuce. I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna stop thinking about crispy lettuce for a while. I like mama spaghetti, spaghetti, papa ravioli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about them every time I have ravioli. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. If you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com and we love to include it in our show. Please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, pretty much all over the place. But that five-star review really helps us out. So think about it. And If you like what you're listening to, you can donate to us on Patreon and we'll give you a present for doing so. It would mean a lot to us. It's patreon.com slash YKWIBW podcast. I think that's the full thing. You know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? Passports. Passports? Yes. You want me to tell you about passports? Yes. Who had the first passport? When did they become necessary? Yeah. Oh. Do you want that to be my topic? (laughs) Yeah, sure. The American passports make me laugh because they're very dramatic. Like they have like cool dramatic quotes about America on every page <laughs> and like these pictures of the rolling hills and buffaloes and mountains on every page. And I'm like, okay, you need to calm down. Passports. That's a good one. I'll talk about passports. Jane, do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? So in California, there was just a couple of earthquakes over 4th of July um a pretty big big one in los angeles and i was listening to jenna marbles and her boyfriend julian's podcast which is so good everyone go check it out it's so funny and they were talking about their earthquake and they were talking about like earthquake readiness and whatever but it got me thinking that i don't know what causes an earthquake i learned it at one point but i forget tectonic okay don't tell me (laughs) the plates yeah the plates move Um, so i just want to know some like earthquake facts (laughs) like i want to know I want to know more about the Richter scale and like more about like what to do during an earthquake, like earthquake okay. safety. I don't really, I, I would like to know how they happen, but like also I want to know more about earthquakes because I think they're going to become, this is just a, this is a theory, a conspiracy theory, but I think as climate change becomes more prevalent, I feel like we're going to experience more earthquakes. Okay. Sound good. Okay. All right. Sounds great. I'll find out. Cool. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering.